Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim. Fill that out and that's it. And I always like to begin with something interesting. And I have to tell you, I have run a few marathons in my life and they are tough. They are so tough. And that's why this story about a marathon runner and a GPS totally got my attention. See, with all the tech with today's races, it's not uncommon that you can follow your favorite person or somebody in your family step-by-step on an app or maybe over at the race website. Now, at this race that happened in the UK, tracking data showed a particular runner moving one mile in one minute and 40 seconds. Wow, a mile in one minute and 40 seconds? What's going on? Okay, that's two full minutes faster than the world record. And everybody's like going, what's happening in this race? Where is this person? Well, as it turns out, that runner got a little bit of help during that mile. Yes, they jumped in a car for a lift. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Oh, sure, nobody's ever going to notice this. No, one minute, 40 seconds. Let me tell you, the last marathon I ran, I picked up a new pair of shoes right before I did it. Wow, talk about the agony of defeat. Yes, and on that happy note, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Kim Commando, America's beloved digital goddess here with you once again. You've tapped into the nation's largest show about all things digital, your most trusted source. And to all of our listeners out there, welcome aboard. We're thrilled to have you joining us. And for all of our returning listeners, welcome back. We're grateful for you to be with us time after time. And don't forget, you can catch my award-winning show on over 420 top stations throughout the United States, as well as on your favorite radio app. And a big hello and salute goes out to all of our listeners on the American Forces Network radio reaching over 375,000 incredible U.S. service members serving in 175 countries and 200 ships at sea. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, however you're listening, I just want to make sure that you're all ready because we're going to dive right in. And our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at 1-888-825-5254 is the way to join us. And if you're just too dang shy to come on a big-time radio show and podcast, I totally get that. You can drop me your questions over at commando.com. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's a link that says Email Kim. All righty. Every single day I visit at least, I counted, 32 different websites to make sure that we're both up to date on all things digital. And this is part of the show where I like to talk about the news. And we're going to start with Elon Musk. He went on Fox News' as Tucker Carlson this past week. And I tell you, I had a chance to see part of the interview But the thing that I found most interesting is that he's going to be building an AI chatbot rival to ChatGPT, which, by the way, he had a piece of many years ago. He's going to call his Truth GPT. He says that his AI is going to speak nothing but the truth. Now, if we go back in time just a little bit, Elon's been saying for years that AI could end civilization. And he's not alone in that. I mean, there was that open letter. Nothing really happened with it, but a bunch of experts, scientists, leading tech folks urging AI to just like put on the brakes a little bit. So, But not many people remember also that Elon Musk has been involved in AI for so many years. So his big issues with ChatGPT is that it's selective in what it wants to share. It can be programmed to lie. I remember that. Remember I was telling you about that? ChatGPT? I said, is Kim Commando her real name? And ChatGPT said, oh, no, her name is Kimber and Tomney, not Kim Commando, and went on this whole thing about how I changed it 20, 30 years ago. 
No. I was born Kim Commando. All right. So other than that, chat GPT, it's all good to go. Yikes. Number two on our list, Google is gagging. Google search, the king of all search sites is losing its crown. I never thought I would ever say that ever. Now, another bad sign for Google, a New York Times story says Samsung might be dishing Google as its default search site in favor of Bing. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's another thing I would never thought I would ever say because ChatGPT is integrated into Bing. Now, Bing says that it has crossed 100 million daily active users a month. That's amazing. Okay. You know, all of us in the tech field thought that Bing was nothing other than just a major embarrassment for Microsoft. Now, the Samsung decision is a really big deal. That's why I'm passing along. $3 billion a year contract going to Microsoft instead of Google. And let me tell you this. The stock market felt that this past Monday, Alphabet, which is Google's parent company, lost massive amounts of money and value. $57 billion because of that Samsung announcement. Wow. $57 billion. I don't know about you, but I get upset when I lose $57 at a blackjack table in Vegas. Okay, $57 billion. Can't even imagine that. All right, number three, how about getting some bucks from the Zuck? That's right. Facebook, as we all know, is going to have to cough up $725 million bucks in a settlement. Well, apparently, Facebook has violated our privacy and the lawyers went after them. Hmm, what a shocker. Facebook denies everything, of course, but they're saying we avoided the settlement to make sure that we didn't have to go to trial. As it turns out, Facebook didn't bother to monitor and enforce how third parties would access all of our data. Mm, yes, we're always so safe with our data on Facebook. So how much money can you get? It depends on a few things. One, how many people submit claims. And two, how long you've had a Facebook account. They came up with kind of this funky way of you get points for every month that you've had an account between May 24th, 2007 and December 22nd, 2022. So if you do the math, about mm, 250 million to 280 million people are eligible for payments. So I wouldn't get too excited about uh, being able to plan that next tropical vacation on the money that you're going to get from Facebook. And how much is this lawsuit really going to hurt them? Not very much because Facebook is worth a half a trillion dollars. So the lesson here, meta, never met a time that they didn't want to collect all of our data and sell it. Coming in at number four, what about the kiddos? The U.S. government is trying to figure out how to ban TikTok. Uh, one state took action this past week, Montana. Uh, you can use it if you already have downloaded it, but you can't do download TikTok to your phone if you'd like to have it. Uh, I guess it's a step forward. That's again in Montana. And TikTok is like putting a Trojan horse for the Communist Chinese Party right on your phone. It is a national security threat. And it is also a threat to your kids. It's the most popular app for teenagers. Get that 67% of teens use it every single day. And let's see, 16% of teens say they're on it all the time, 24-7. And of course, the content is dangerous, outrageous, encourages bad behavior for teens, uh, this past week, such a sad story. The Benadryl trial challenge. I don't know if you heard about this. A 13-year-old kid died. You take all kinds of Benadryl pills to see if you can get high. Okay. Really, really harmful stuff. Uh, matter of fact, 40 school districts across 10 states are suing TikTok for a mental health crisis, they say. Uh, last, this coming in at number five. Oh, the web we weave when we aim to deceive. All right. Hi, I'm sure you heard about this. Hundreds of highly classified 
Pentagon intelligence papers were leaked on this, a Discord chat group called Thug Shaker Central. Hmm, happy place. Uh, the papers revealed information about the war on Ukraine, political interests in other nations, and some big U.S. national security issues. Now, the guy who leaked them was a 21-year-old airman, first-class Jack Douglas Texera. Now, there's still the question about how he was able to get all these documents, which I'd like to know. But how was he identified? This is really fascinating. Uh, his childhood kitchen table and his Instagram account. What? That's right. The New York Times visual investigations team said finding him was super easy. First, they found his Steam gaming profile through that Discord chat. Then from there, they found his Instagram account. Once they were there, they found the accounts of all his family members, otherwise known as social engineering. So on Instagram, they found, they found pictures of Jack in front of the family's granite kitchen table, the same one that he also took photos of highly classified documents on. He has a dis, it has a distinct red and white pattern. So voila, okay. If he's convicted, he faces up to 15 years in prison. Uh, not enough time, in my opinion. But how was he able to get all these documents? Well, one theory is that it's spring. He wasn't snowed in. Hmm. All right, coming up in our digital privacy tip, there's a secret ID hiding on your phone I need to tell you about. Also, some tips about updating your Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And, of course, we have all of your phone calls. Don't want to miss here on Kim Commando Today. Hey, our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 5254 is the way to join us. And once again, just a quick reminder is that if you just want to drop me your question, just uh, do it on the website. That's the easiest way. I know, a little old school. You want to leave them all over social media. Oh, too many places for me to track. Head over to commando.com and in the upper right-hand corner, there's a link that says email Kim. And before we get this hour underway, I just want to say a huge thank you from all of us here at the Kim Commando Show, and specifically all of us that are behind the scenes working on the Commando 2.0 newsletters, as we call them internally, because you guys and gals complained. You said, hey, listen, we're tired of all the weird ads. We're tired of all the clicks. We just want to get a newsletter that tells us what we need to know right inside the newsletter. And so we have so many positive comments. It's really amazing. And again, thank you for all your kind words. And in case you haven't tried our newsletters, the new ones lately, that is, and maybe you subscribed in the past and you gave up because you said, oh, I don't like them. They're just too junky. You are going to love, love, love our newsletters. We've got 14,000 thumbs up and like, I don't know, a couple of hundred thumbs down. So I think those are pretty good odds that you're going to like it. Head over to commando.com slash subscribe. Once again, that's commando.com slash subscribe. You're going to join over 400,000 people every single day that get our newsletters. That's commando.com slash subscribe. Okay, we are in for such a special treat. It's a question that we get asked all the time here on the Kim Commando Show. How do I know if someone's stalking me? Maybe it's an ex. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's just some lunatic that you met online. How do you know if they're getting a copy of every single thing that you do on your computer, on your phone? It's crazy, isn't it, to think about that? Well, joining us here on the show is digital forensic expert and a friend of the Kim Commander Show, Rico Danielson. We're going to talk about all the clues that somebody's watching you. Hi there, Rico. Great. So tell me about some strange cyber stalking cases that you've been working on lately. Okay. So I got three cyber stalking cases 
Um, you know, we can go down the list real quick. I had a, a female executive in a very high, high uh, firm in Atlanta, and her husband was being cyber stalked, and he's a very well-known radio personality. When he when they engaged us, they asked us, hey, Rico, uh, we think this person's being cyber stalked. Here's the SMS messages. Here's the Facebook messages. And they're coming from a very generic Facebook Messenger account. Fantastic. Right. So what we did is we gathered all the information and we put it all together using a specific tool called Multigo. And it's a free tool. It's a Kali uh, Linux tool. Um, brings all the metadata together uh, for us to review at one point and one following point and also spans everywhere so we can kind of take a look and figure out who's who and what's what. And some of the things that we noticed was that this individual has spent some time in California, also in Atlanta, and now this person is starting to come after them. And the way we are able to put that together is deconflicting IP addresses from publicly facing IP addresses to forward facing IP addresses. And that's one user handler of commonalities. A person's name was in the user handler as well. And then also oh, okay. And then also where they were actually doing the the cyber stalking and the cyber harassment from it was predominantly a copy shop and or a library that this person was uh, using to to conduct their attack. Now, you mentioned something, Rico, and I want you to just delve into a little bit sure. deeper because everybody knows that we have an IP address, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But there are different types of IP addresses. Can you elaborate on that? Because you just mentioned like front-facing and different type of mm -hmm. IP addresses. Right. So you have... Uh, an internal IP address and a publicly facing IP address. So we just break it down to the simplistic form. One is a NATed, a natural address translation ad, uh, address, and the other one is an unnatted. So the unnatted would be something of 11110, right? And that is actually going out to the publicly facing area. And then the NATed address is where it's more disguised, so you can kind of hold the privacy. At some point, your NATed address has to go out from an unnatted address. So that means it might correlate back to Cox Communication, AT&T address, yeah. or some sort of service provider. And those service providers hold your IP address in there. So this couple in Atlanta, did they go to the police? They did. They actually went to the Atlanta police. Unfortunately, the police said that this was kind of out of their wheelhouse, out of their jurisdiction, uh, because it was in California, cyber stalker. And then on top of that, it was in Atlanta, but it was on the suburbs of Atlanta. So I believe we ran into this uh, more specifically on our other case. We worked a long time ago where PD kind of was just out of their wheelhouse. And that's OK. Um, the FBI is not going to pick it up because there's no amount of cyber extortion or million dollar extortion. So you have a, a use of labor force is just not there. And this is where we came into play and, and helped them out. So was this was this person generally just harassing them? Were they making any type of threats? Oh, yeah. So they were saying, hey, dude, if you don't uh, come back to California and come see me or give me money or do this or give me gifts, I'm going to tell your wife that we had a relationship. Um, at first, the wife didn't know that there that there was a relationship in the prior life before they got married. And that's OK. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same aspect, this person was trying to definitely extort the person for actions that they never even did in the first place. Wow. So how long did it take you from start to finish? So it took me about two months. Um, what I actually had to do is jump in and understand the 
IP addresses, where they're coming from, and what was a commonality threat actor profile? What does this threat actor like to use? Anytime we see a cyber stalker, anytime we see a cyber professional threat actor, we don't know who they are, so we have to create a profile for them. Whether we name them, you know, Pink uh, Pink Taco or Pink Mystic Letter Leopard <laughs> or whatever the case may be, we actually just design them a name and then we give them a profile. And we say, okay, now we have a face of the name. What do they like to? Do? They like to cyber stalk us. They like to use our metadata. They like to email us and IM us on these specific times and dates. Now we have a routine and modality, and now we have a time to capture that data. So you know, we've talked about this before, Rico. I'm always so amazed at what you can do and how you can just like funnel down into that. But people do kind of stick to a schedule, right? They do. They do, absolutely. Especially cyber stalkers stick to a schedule. Usually it's on off hours between 5 to 1 a.m., 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. Usually they want to inflict the most damage, the most um, headache, the most heart racing things during the the time that they know you're with either the person or whenever you're at work. Okay, here's the deal. Hey, Rico, we've got to take a quick break, you know, play a few commercials, pay a few bills. But I want you to stay with us because there's a lot more that we all want to know about stalkers and how we can protect ourselves, specifically as a professional digital forensics expert. What should anyone do if they think that they're being cyberstalked? What are some steps? So hang on the line, folks, with all of us, because coming up, we have more of our conversation with Rico you don't want to miss. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Hey, if you're just joining us, we've been covering a super important topic here on the Kim Commando Show, cyberstalking. And we've been in conversation with digital forensic expert and friend of the show, Rico Danielson. Hey, Rico, I really appreciate you being here. This is kind of a weird one. Um, a young lady has now been charged with cyberstalking. However, I don't believe, I can't, I'm just pure speculation right now. I believe that this, uh, the, the Franklin PD did not do the job correctly because all they have is text messages, but they never did the CIA, the confidentiality, integrity, and availability behind those text messages. There was no hashes provided. So I think we might have a possibility, a good likely possibility of a person that might be wrongfully charged. Yeah, that's also interesting, too, about text messages. How do you determine if you just get like a blank text messages, say from a burner phone, is there any way to track where that comes from? Yeah, so there's different tools you can use. You know, a couple of different ones was is OSINT, right? Uh, intelligence is another one you can use mm-hmm. to plug in the number and see what comes of it. The other one I, I've been really frequently using is just a simple web browser of Firefox containers, right? They contain these things. Um, what you do is you spin up your own container. It, it's like using a little black box, and you can punch in the phone number, and it gives you some metadata. You're still going to have to digest it. Now, on the other side, we do have tools such as Dark Owl where we'll punch in the number and we'll see all the commonality strings of where this person or this this um, fake text message is, is spawning from. Okay. Now, this is kind of a strange question. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I get 
I get these calls on the show. And like, for example, there was a guy who would go to go into Texas. He was in Texas. And he claims that people were following him all around the town. And people actually would know his name. And then I said, so, you know, what are they saying when you walk in? They say, hey, dude, how are you? And I said, so do you ever go by dude? And he says, yes, I do. And I said, well, you know, that's kind of just like something that people say. It's not really anything that I would be worried about. Um, I had a woman call and she thought she was being stalked so much that she was afraid to leave her house. She thought that they were tracking her in her car. Uh, She was afraid to get on the phone, afraid, afraid to do anything, basically, that I thought, you know, this is surely just a case of mental illness versus anything that was real technical going on. Right. What are some telltale signs that if you get the phone call, you're like, well, this is probably something not for me. It's probably for somebody else. Yeah, that's a really good question because I get plenty of those calls all the time, um, more so than not nowadays. The first question I ask is, um, you know, one, is this is this what you think it is? Let's look at the logical deductive reasoning here. What evidence is telling you that you might be stalked? Not a feeling, but the evidence that's going to show up in court and says, hey, this person, Rico, is stalking me. And here's how I know how to prove it. Or is it just your hunch of suspicion? Because. I would say that in the last two months, I've gotten 40 phone calls where people just kind of spiral out of control and they've kind of lost their path yeah. a little bit and just say, I know I can't go anywhere. Here's what's going on. I, you know, I'm always being stalked, but they have no substantial amount of evidence. So the bigger question would be, what is your substantial amount of evidence and non-reputable evidence? That means you have an IP address, you have a person's name, you have these IOCs, right? The indicators of compromise. Do you have those? And, and if you don't, then you just might be working off of a hunch. So what do you think is the first sign that somebody is stalking? What are some red flags? You're going to start seeing anomalous activity on your web browser. You're going to start seeing anomalous activity like an email. You're going to start getting some weird specific emails. Like let's just say someone who wants to go after you for child support. You're going to start getting, you're going to start seeing those emails quite a bit come up or those text messages or those contexts of text uh, showing up in your life, whether it's advertisement, whether it's legal forms, whether it's more web browsing or whether it's, um, you know, just content coming to you at a random matter of nowhere, at that point, you can start determining, hey, someone's coming for me for child support or something like that. Wow. You know, it's, it's there's just so many different avenues to go after this if you think you're being stalked, right? I mean, and if you do think, what kind of what kind of documentation, what kind of evidence should you be keeping? Screenshots, of course, anything else? Yep, you should definitely be taking screenshots. You definitely want to capture the audit logs of any sort. Let's just say you have a router. You want to go ahead and and pull those, export those logs, capture those. Anything that's going on in your device at that given time, let's just say you have a computer, you want to go ahead and export those security logs as well. Um, The more evidence you have, the more you can paint this picture for law enforcement and also an attorney, it's going to be a lot easier. Now, that being said, expect somebody to come back and try to shoot that down and knock it down because they're going to say, well, how'd you do it? Why'd you do it? And this is kind of where you want to bring in somebody who's a little bit more of an expert and understands, Hey, this is how we do it. Here's our process. And here's why. 
Are there any magical words to say when you do go to the police to get their attention? Yeah, uh, police talk about, um, you know, they rightfully so should talk about public endangerment. If you can say the key words, public endangerment, uh, single person who might be in danger, fear for my life, uh, child who might be in danger, or community danger. Um, that's usually whenever law enforcement will kind of tune it up just a little bit just to make sure they're checking that box and kind of go down the rabbit hole a little bit more. Well, here we go. This has been so great. Um, now, I'm sure there are people listening right now saying, I need Rico in my life. I need Rico to help me. What's the best way for folks to get in touch with you, Rico? Yeah, you can always Google me, right? Rico Danielson. <laughs> and then you can always uh, email me as well at my business account, uh, Rico D at firstresponder.us. Wait, you're, you know what? You're brave to give out your email I am. address. <laughs> I, am. I have a great email protection. Here, wait, one more <laughs> <laughs> One more time for everybody who just missed that. That's Rico D R I C O H D at one S T responder dot us. Got it, Rico. Always a pleasure to have you on board. We oh. need to keep in touch more often. Promise. You got it. Absolutely. Hey, let's go ahead and do our weekly digital privacy tip, and it's brought to us by Total AV. We all know that advertisers and marketers they are all tracking everything that they do but maybe they don't know exactly who you are, or maybe they do. See, on your phone, there's something called the Mobile Advertising ID Identifier. Now, this is a tiny snippet of information that contains where you live, what you shop for, or what you recently searched for online. And it turns out that people online are selling a way to connect you or your real name and the rest of that information with that so-called random ID. So it's not really randomized anymore. Vice's motherboard discovered one company offers to link these numbers to a real person. It was one of the largest repositories, they say, of current fresh maids in the United States. That maid is that mobile advertising ID. So the information that the company can link to your ID includes your full name, your physical address, your phone number, your email address, and your IP address. And the fact that data brokers can connect these advertising IDs to mobile phone users is just a huge red flag. So what's the silver lining? Apple has something called app, app Tracking Transparency. And I can't really give you the steps here on the air because they're pretty convoluted. Uh, but it's all in the settings and the privacy and security. And then you're going to tap down into Apple Advertising and look for something that says View Ad Targeting Information. On Android, again, it's also hidden. It's in Settings and Google and then Opt Out Ads Personalization and then and they're going to see a string of zeros. And so for all these steps, just head over to my website, of course. That's commando.com, the official homepage of the show. And then there's a link that says Kim's show. And under there, you're going to have a direct link to this privacy tip about deleting the secret ID that's hiding on your phone that's giving away all your personal details. All right, still to come, we have more of your phone calls as well as later on uh, just an update on what you need to know about Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And, of course, more of your phone calls and more of me. You're on Kim Commando Today. Hey, just a quick reminder to be sure that you follow us on social media. I am at Kim Commando everywhere, although you're going to see more personal stuff over at Instagram.com com slash Kim Commando than you will at Facebook or Twitter.com at Kim Commando. All right, back to the phones we go with Laura in Portland, Oregon. Well, I'm planning a trip to Switzerland this summer, 
and I need to have mm, my I'm jealous. <laughs> I know it's going to be so great. Um, Let me tell you, Switzerland is so beautiful. Yeah, Switzerland is so beautiful. It is. So why did you pick Switzerland? Um, I picked Switzerland because the last time I was there for just two days um, and we went from Basel to Lucerne, I could not keep my face off the, the window of the train. It was just so gorgeous. Oh, my God. Lake Lucerne. Isn't that one of the most beautiful places on the planet? It is. And, you know, just the train ride there, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is fairyland. So, Well, you know, it's a couple of years ago, my son and I, what we do is we rent cars and we drive through Europe. And uh, and so, like, we, we landed in Milan and then we ended up in Baden-Baden. But through that, we went through, like, we actually put our car on a ferry at Lake Lucerne and went from one side to the other. And the water was, it's like this turquoise sky crystal. Yes, it's just this weird color from all the minerals. I mean, I'm so excited for you that you're able to do that and go back because it's so wonderful. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. So you want to take your phone because you need your phone. Everybody needs your phone, right? Right. I'm going to be checking train schedules, ferry schedules, and I also need my cell phone. phone active too so i can call back and check on my animals and things here so what kind of phone do you have it's a samsung s21 ultra oh nice okay so that accepts an e-sim card okay so basically what right. you're going to do is in switzerland uh the big carrier is called swisscom and they have others sunrise or salt but swisscom is the biggest and i always like to stay with the biggest when i'm traveling and so mm-hmm. uh, what you do is you you can buy an eSIM card online or you can buy it when you get there. They sell them in the airports and they sell them in the convenience stores. I mean, this is pretty common now. And then when you, if you, when you buy it in Switzerland or if you buy it here and then you can just, when you land, it will turn on automatically, by the way, is that there's going to be, oh, uh, be a QR code and then that's how you activate the eSIM card. It's really simple. This is not a big technical thing that you need to worry about. Um, now, then what you need to worry about, then, then what you need to think about is how much data do you really need? And then that's where you want to look at the plans. If you're, you're going to be streaming music and video because you can't wait to see Your Honor or uh, Succession or Yellowstone or whatever it is that you're watching, is that you're going to want anything more than, say, two gigs. And then to make uh, phone calls, that eSIM plan is going to include voice calls, but just make sure that it does. And then, as I mentioned, once it's all set up, when you land, is that your phone will come on and say, hey, welcome to Switzerland. And you're like, okay, I don't want you to use the United States carrier. I want you to use the eSIM. And then give you that option. And then you'll have to text yes or no. It's pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory once you get the eSIM card. Like I said, there are places for you to buy it uh, here in the United States. We'll send you some links. And then uh, you can also buy it anywhere that you go, and you can add more data anywhere that you go in Switzerland. Because let me tell you, the Swiss have the tech going on. They do, Laura. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Like, even when you go down, oh, I was thinking of, like, my son and I, we parked in a garage, not not near Lucerne, I forget where, I mean, it was in Basel. And I was trying to figure out how to pay for the parking. And so I thought for sure, like, we would pay for parking on the way out. No, so we went in, went into the out, and and then all these cars piled behind us because we could, couldn't figure out how to pay for the parking. Then I had to get out of the car, like, you know, like the stupid American gas car. Go, okay, everybody needs to back off. Okay, back up because we need to figure out how to park, how to pay for this. Anyway, it turns out that 
Ian parked the car, then I ran upstairs, then you pay for the parking, like, in the main square, and then you get out of the parking garage. So just these little things that, you know, you learn in life as you travel internationally, which is crazy. Uh, Just be sure that you are really careful using any public Wi-Fi networks, and uh, make sure you don't do any banking, any good stuff like that. You can use a VPN, of course, and we recommend ExpressVPN. But, uh, you know, how fun are you going to be on that trip? And we'll send you some links. You know, as far as a cost in Switzerland, you're probably looking at $20 for seven days of unlimited calls, data, and text by using that eSIM, which reminds me of a bad joke about Switzerland. You ready for it? Did you know that Darth Vader's cousin lives in Switzerland and drives a cab? Did you know that Darth Vader's cousin lives in Switzerland and drives a cab? Yeah, he's called a Taxi Vader. I <laughs> get it. Mm, I know that was bad. All right. So the FBI and everybody was all out this past week about how you shouldn't use USB ports because of juice jacking and say your airports and hotels and coffee shops or anywhere that there's just a charging station. Well, I have another important update that you need to know. Even if you're a security wizard, just remember that your other devices need protection too. Probably your Wi Fi and Bluetooth also need an update. At this very moment. And these updates fix security problems in the software and apps on your device. But what about the inner workings? Well, driver updates. Now, these drivers are these little files that tell your device how to behave. And if you don't keep them up to date, well, guess what? The hackers and the scammers and the thieves know this and your tech and your files could be vulnerable. So here's what you need to do. On your computer, take a look inside Device Manager. Once you're in there, go to the website of the manufacturer of that device and download the latest driver software. Now, here's a pro trick, and I know that you're pro because you're listening to The Kim Commando Show. Search the site using the name of your device in an update, and then install the software, your firmware updates, and then boom, that's it. You're protected. Now, if you learn just one thing this entire show, I want you to do me a solid and make sure that you tell at least three friends about the Kim Commando Show, because that always helps. And knowledge is power, and you can find me always at commando.com. This program is a copyrighted production of Westar Multimedia Entertainment and protected by the copyright laws. Any rebroadcast or use of this program for commercial, business, economic, or financial purposes without the written permission of Westar Multimedia Entertainment is strictly prohibited.